What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. What is going on, James, here? And, you know, we have a dreary Week 16 loss to talk about. But before that, I am actually very pleased to announce that finally I've gotten Rhett from the Cannon Fire podcast on here. Rhett, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing all right. I, I, I wish I could say I was doing a little bit better after the Bucks game, but... Aside from all that, I'm doing pretty good. Absolutely. And uh, for everybody watching right now and for whoever watches this in post and whatnot, if you want to check out the Cannon Fire podcast, live stream, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, or their YouTube channel, um, that's all down in the description below. They do a phenomenal show. Seriously, you guys run a phenomenal show, Rhett. It's it's actually really awesome. They actually just <laughs> did – didn't you guys just do a um, like a holiday celebration type show? Yeah, and it it didn't really turn out the way that we had wanted it to. Um, it was supposed to be streamed on YouTube, and I appreciate you saying that the show is great. Thank you so much, man. Um, but it really didn't turn out the way we wanted to. We tried to get things working with Skype and YouTube, streaming on there, and the connection just wasn't working. So as a last-ditch kind of effort, uh, we jumped on Instagram Live for a couple of hours, but it turned out to be uh, a lot of fun. We had a good amount of people tune in, and um, everybody had a good time just – kind of getting a break talking about the Bucks during the holiday season. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely go check that out. I believe it's still on Instagram, right, the way the stories yeah, it, work? It's it up. should be. I'm trying to find a way to maybe save it, but uh, it should be on there for, God, at least six or seven more hours from now. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, let's dive right in, Rhett, to the Buccaneers' loss. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys in what we described before we started this live stream in very boring fashion. Um, it wasn't very good. It was a pretty uh, dreary, listless game. I know the, the final score was 27-20, to 20, but regardless, the Bucks just didn't look in it for the most part throughout this entire game. What are some of your initial thoughts um, coming right after watching this loss? You know, what are you thinking right off the bat? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the best way to describe it was just a boring game. It really felt like there wasn't anything that could have gotten going. And let me not sit here and um, ignore the defense because, to be honest with you, I think the defense, you know, did their job to a certain extent. It was really just the offense. Jameis Winston couldn't connect in certain places and uh, certain things couldn't really get going. Um, but one of the biggest things that was on my mind was regarding the ground game. I mean, Peyton Barber, we've seen the best of him this season. He didn't have a huge game today, but – Ronald Jones was on the sidelines. He I didn't really get into the game. I know. It's 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 honestly baffling why Dirk Cutter has decided to not play Ronald Jones at all this season. It's it's not just a situation where um some people had described it to me saying, Well, you know, it's the end of the year. Dirk Cutter's trying to get as many wins as he can, so he's going with the safest running back option, which is Peyton Barber. That would make sense. Um, for the you know second half of the season, the later part of the season, because Dirk Cutter would have needed to get wins, but Ronald Jones hasn't played at all the entire season, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I don't get it. You draft a running back in the second round, uh, and you don't play him. And I think uh, a lot of people have projected this label as bust under Ronald Jones, which I think is a, is unfair in a way. 
um, yeah. because we don't know what he can do. We have abs- and, absolutely no idea, you know. Exactly, and it, it all just kind of comes back to inexperience. You know, the two guys that I always paired together when it came to this rookie draft class was going to be Vita Vea, first-round pick, Ronald Jones, your second-round pick. You know, we're already planning for the draft, and I, I just feel like there isn't a significant need to focus on drafting a running back when you have holes in other places. Because the fact of the matter is, it's not that we don't have a running back, it's that we have a second-round draft pick running back that we're not using. Look at Vita Vea. For the longest time this season, people were calling him a bust, saying he wasn't showing up. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There was one point where um, I had posted something on Instagram regarding, you know, just haven't seen anything out of this guy. But these past few weeks, he's been all over the football field. I mean, what we're seeing now is the Vita Vea that, you know, the Bucks were hoping they picked up in the draft. And all he needed to do was just get his feet wet. So Ronald Jones playing but I'm telling you give him a few more games let him get some uh let him let him get some work behind the big offensive line hopefully that they fix this offseason and you'll see a different side of of rojo uh and he'll like, take that next step right I, I completely agree with that 100 it's 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 also uh really uh it's really disappointing because you see the people that the buccaneers drafted on the defensive side of the ball playing a lot um besides injuries you know vita vea Carlton Davis, MJ Stewart, three, you know, second and first round draft picks, respectively. Um, they've all been playing a lot whenever they've been healthy. And we haven't seen that on the offensive side of the ball with a running back where, you know, if anything, that's another one of those positions that was wide open for a guy to get a ton of playing time like a second round draft pick. So it, what's most disappointing about that is that, you know, we've seen it on the defensive side of the ball. We didn't see it on the offensive side of the ball. And Dirk Cutter, you know, he's supposed to be an offensive type guy and he didn't want to play a second round pick i it's a it's a it's a baffling move you know the 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 defensive coordinators even for as much crap as we gave mike smith and whatnot he was still playing carlton davis and mj stewart a lot of snaps uh right you know so Dirk cutter didn't do that and i really hope this doesn't turn into a situation where they say oh well you know, they they try and, like, quickly get rid of this Ronald Jones experiment without even seeing what it's truly capable of. You know what I mean? Right. Because then it, right. it could easily be a move that bites the Buccaneers in the butt, so to speak. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we've seen that plenty of times before when you want to talk about the Bucks and their decision-making with these players who are very, very talented. They're just not used correctly in Tampa. I mean, you've seen it years on end. Guys like Mike, uh, guys like Mark Barron, guys like Akib Talib, Legarrett Blunt. These are all big names who now are effectively some of the biggest names in their position. Mm-hmm. They started off as a buck. They weren't used correctly as a buck, so they went on a greener pasture somewhere else. And so here we are with this just next batch of guys, and it seems like a cycle. Yeah, I I completely agree, man. It's it's baffling sometimes, but hey, that's that's the Bucks, you know, that's the Bucks. But um, moving on from the running game a little bit and getting a, a little bit deeper into this um, this overall game that the Bucks played. Like you said, the defense did a really nice job. Man, that offensive line sucked, right? That offensive <laughs> line sucked. I know Jameis and you know Jameis Winston. I don't think he's exempt from criticism in his own right. Yes, he was getting hit a ton 
in this game. Um, but when there were some situations when he wasn't getting hit, he was missing some throws. Uh, one thing that comes to my mind was he threw a pass in the dirt right at Chris Godwin's feet. Chris Godwin was wide open. I believe it was on a third down. And then you also had Adam Humphreys, who was wide open in the middle of the field as well. Um, yeah. Plays like that. And also there was another drive that had happened when it was, it should have been three delay of game penalties right in a row. Um, I, I think you know what I'm talking about, where they, yeah. the first play, they gave a delay of game to the Cowboys defense, which, okay, I'll take that one. But then the next play, it was a delay of game. And then the third play was almost another delay of game. So, yeah. I mean, do you have any idea where that came from? Because the only way that I was able to really draw any conclusions from what I was watching was that Jameis just couldn't see the play clock anywhere. Like, did he not know where it was in the stadium? Or, I mean... These guys have to know where that stuff is. That's that's fundamentals. That's basics. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that I even heard the the national announcing Troy Aikman and whoever else was with him. I think it was Joe Buck or something. Oh um, God! They they were even saying like, "What is Jameis doing? <laughs> like, what, does he not see the play clock? You know?" And I, yeah. I Troy, I believe it was Troy Aikman who said, "Oh yeah, he doesn't know where the play clock is." And it was like, "Okay, he might be right at this one time here," because <laughs> it was uh, they were, it, it was baffling. They, they were talking trash all day, though, that commentary team. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how many. I don't think I can count on one hand how many good things they said about the Bucks today. I know. It, it was a bad, it was a bad, bad time. Um, and then not just that as well, but there was also a strip sack that Jameis had where he was hit from behind by, I believe, Randy Gregory. Uh, held onto the ball a little bit too much there. Didn't necessarily have the best pocket awareness in that play. Um, just kind of stuff like that that really was hindering this team from doing certain things i believe did Jameis have two fumbles in this game or was it just the one um or bobo wilson had the other fumble right yeah bobo wilson had the fumble it was the botched handoff they were trying to go for you know like a like an end around type play and uh bobo wilson just misplaced the pocket of the ball slipped right out of his hands um and then the first one like you said i'm pretty sure it was randy gregory who had hit Jameis, but i mean he shellacked Jameis. yeah so Am I upset that it was a scoop and score? Absolutely. Am I pointing fingers and saying that it was 100% Jameis Winston's fault that um, that the Bucks had two turnovers on offense today? Not really. Uh, but someone you had brought up a little bit earlier I wanted to touch on also, Adam Humphreys. I mean, God, we don't give that guy enough credit. Yeah. No, seriously. Um, Adam Humphreys deserves <laughs> a good amount of money. He deserves a high-end contract. Um he just makes plays. I believe he had 10 catches in this game, at least. Um, he doesn't deserve Desha Deshaun Jackson money, don't get me wrong, but I would pay Adam Humphreys six and, you know, maybe as much as $6.5 million a year. What do you think? I, I mean, the way that I look at it is Adam Humphreys is a very, very reliable receiver. We've always said that about him as a buck. Uh, but what I saw today and what I've really gotten into the habit of seeing with him is that he is always put in a situation where he can catch a football – he can just take a huge hit and nine times out of the ten uh, nine times out of ten he's going to catch a football and proceed to take the hit he'll hang on to the ball which is what he did today he's a great target for Jameis I, I think it's a little upsetting that sometimes it seems like he's the only target for Jameis yeah <laughs> but the, uh, he gets put into these situations where uh, I mean he's either got to catch it or he's got to get hit and he comes through most of the time I, I think he's a guy that deserves a pay raise for sure is it going to be with Tampa? I really hope so, but you never know what could happen. It's going to be an interesting offseason for sure.
Oh, it'll it'll definitely be it'll definitely be an interesting offseason to say the least. A lot of changes are probably coming to Tampa. Um in the front office, in in the locker room, everywhere basically. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of things. Um one of the biggest changes again, I'm going to say it again, the offensive line. Um let's talk about that real quick cuz there's there's a lot to you know unravel here. Yeah. Donovan Smith, Caleb Benanock. Yeah. Donovan Smith, Caleb Beninock, DeMar Dodson. What do we do about these three guys? Because this is another game in a row that they've had, you know, this is just another game where they've had multiple rough games this year. And this game, again, penalties, giving up blown block assignments, um, getting their quarterback hit multiple times, you know. Uh, yeah. What do we do, you know? Well, there was, there was one play in particular, and I know Donovan Smith right now is probably – at least from what I've heard, he he's kind of playing to see how much he's worth. You know, Ali Marpet just got his big contract. Donovan Smith, of course, wants to get paid. He hasn't been playing like a guy who wants to get paid. But there was one play today in particular that really just caught my attention for all the wrong reasons, and it was one of the Jameis sacks. I don't know if it was the fumble. Hmm. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, it was a really weird call. I think it was that weird... Um, I want to say it was offsides on Dallas. I don't know. I'm yeah. wasting too much time. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it was. It was. It I was know. a free play. It was a free play. Gregory takes off. Donovan Smith throws his hands up in the air. The whistle hasn't even blown yet. And I mean, Randy Gregory is already behind Donovan Smith, hitting Jameis Winston on what should have been a free play. But the fact of the matter is, you play to the whistle, and you don't look for a flag immediately. And I mean, that's just how Jameis gets hit. And it's just it wasn't costly because like i said it was a free play but i don't know man when it, you just give up a quarterback hit that easily play to the whistle that's no i i know the exact play you're talking about it was an offsides um first thing donovan smith does was he, he threw up his hands like this and he pointed to the ref um right. and the defensive lineman got past him and hit james right from behind and I thought that that, you know, should have been another penalty on the defense, unnecessary roughness and whatnot, but, you know, whatever, the game's over. Um, I completely agree. Donovan Smith just, I think that's going to stick in a lot of people's minds, that play in particular. You know, that's going to be one that sticks with a lot of people here in the coming days and, you know, in this coming week, because he did. He completely just threw up his hands and was like, oh, yep, it's free play. I don't, you know, I think it's a free play, so I don't have to do anything right. else. But you didn't hear a whistle. Just because you think it's a free play doesn't mean you should give up on the play. You know, just because you think it's a free play, the referees might have thought might not have thought it was a free play. And then that's a sack, a loss of yards, and a potential chance to get your quarterback hurt. It was still a potential chance to get Jameis Winston hurt there. He was blindsided. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that Cowboys defensive line, they came to hit today because they connected on some pretty flush and clean tackles all day long. They were beating our guys up. They They absolutely were. Um, do you think that Donovan Smith is going to re-sign with Tampa Bay? At this point, I want to say no, because the way that I see things happening, or the way that I hope things happen, is that the Buccaneers have to address offensive line help in the draft and in free agency. I mean, obviously, they're going to be the ones to bring in big names. The Glazers love the big hires, so if you're talking about the head coach situation, that's what's going on over there. But... You have to focus on offensive line help. Jonah Williams is really who I want the Bucks to pick in the first round if he's available because I just don't see a bigger need anywhere else on the field. 
Mm-hmm. You got a young secondary that I feel confident in. But to answer your question, uh, I, I don't think Donovan Smith signs with Tampa. I, I think he's going to be let go this offseason, but he's going to be a big target for a lot of people because as clumsy and slow and bad as he is at times, he is huge for his position. And we've seen him when he's good, he's good. Mm-hmm. When he's bad, he's really bad. So yeah, I, I don't think he sticks around. Absolutely. I, I think if I had to, obviously the three question marks on this offensive line um, being Donovan Smith, Caleb Beninock and, and DeMar Dodson. I think the likeliest one to stay would be DeMar Dodson um, because when he's at his best, he's one of the best tackles in the league. Um, and I think Beninock doesn't really, Beninock doesn't have a chance of staying, especially oh, with man. especially with Alex <laughs> Kappa being their third round draft pick in this most recent draft. I think that really is going to send him out the door, especially with the new coaching staff coming in. Um, for Donovan Smith, it's it could be, I could see that being 50-50 right now. For sure. Um, But, you know, enough talking about this game. It's over. Bucks are going to have another losing season. Seventh losing season in the past ten years. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Phenomenal, right? Um, I want to talk real quick about Jason Light as the general manager. And now the season's winding down a little bit. Um, This is Jason Light's fifth season with the Buccaneers. And... Lights made a lot of moves. One of one of them's one of them was getting Donovan Smith. One of, another one I believe was getting Caleb Beninock as well. Um, he's made a ton of moves, and I want to discuss a little bit um, whether or not Jason Light should remain the Buccaneers general manager because I think it's pretty much set in stone. Dirk Cutter's probably going to be gone, right? You think that would be a safe thing to assume for the most part? I, I think it's safe to bet. I think any chance at saving his job kind of went away with the loss today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sure, they can win at home against Atlanta and not finish dead last in the NFC South, but I just don't think it looks good enough for him to stick around. Um, I, I think the Bucks are going to go ahead and move forward and let go of Dirk Cutter here soon. I mean, Black Monday falls on my birthday, so we'll really just have to see, man. <laughs> well, that, that, that'll be a very interesting birthday for you then. Yeah. Um, so Dirk Cutter, he's probably going to be gone. Jameis Winston, it, he's going to stay. More, like, yeah. more likelier than not, James Winston to stay, at least for next season. Um, Jason Light, you know, you can make an argument one way or the other. There's a lot of things Jason Light has done good, and there's a lot of things that Jason Light has done bad. Um, just to get your quick reactions first, and then I want to go ahead and, and break it down a little bit more. What do you think is going to happen to Jason Light come Black Monday and even a couple days past that? You know, I... The old outage is that, you know, a, a GM doesn't see, um, a, a GM doesn't see two big quarterback picks in the draft. You know what I mean? Just if, if things don't go their way, you typically don't see a GM handpick two quarterbacks to run your franchise. It just doesn't happen. Right. Um, but something tells me that there is just this small inkling of, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you could call it, but I have a feeling that he does stay. And mm-hmm. the reason that he stays, and if you want to get into it a little bit later, we can. Okay. Um, but I think one of the biggest reasons he stays is just, as you had brought up before, some of the moves he's made and some of the guys he's got on the field right now. Because you can argue that Donovan Smith and Caleb Beninock look bad, and they do. But Carl Nassib and JPP have, have breathed new life into this defensive line. I mean, that's all Jason Light. When these guys go out there and do well, Vita Vea, he's been all over the field, as we've said. That's 
Jason Light. It looks good on him. So yeah. I think the good's going to outweigh the bad, uh, and I think he does stick around. But like you said, we just got to see you, man. Yeah, no, and, and you know, it's it's very easy to point out the the really bad moves that he made. You know, his his first year he signed guys like Anthony Collins, Michael Johnson. Those were really bad. <laughs> Anthony Collins and Michael Johnson, those were really bad. He signed Josh Johnson. <laughs> they got rid of guys like Donald Penn, Jeremy Zuda, Darrell Revis. Um, but the thing about Jason Light as a general manager is – where he sometimes is mediocre to maybe even below average in the free agent category, he's really good at drafting. And regardless of drafting a kicker in the second round, because lol, bucks memes, um, <laughs> he drafted guys like Mike Evans. He drafted guys like ASJ, which I know a lot of people were sour on ASJ, but he had his own demons to deal with. Um, in 2015, he drafted Jameis Winston, Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Quan Alexander. That was all in one draft, mind you. That's that's good in of itself. He drafted Vernon Hargraves. He drafted Ryan Smith. Um, he also drafted guys like Noah Spence, you know, OJ Howard, yeah. Justin Evans, Chris Godwin, Kendall Beckwith. You know, he's He's had two drafts where he's just absolutely knocked it out of the park with a lot of his picks. And now, most recently, Vita Vea, MJ Stewart, Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead. You know, he's he's a really good draft evaluator, I think, in, in certain ways. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, I think you can always rely on him in the draft. And, and just like you said, you know, it all kind of relates back to the players that he's got on the field. He's very, very good at scouting for talent. Chris Godwin. OJ Howard I mean before OJ went down he was on pace to be you know one of the top performing tight ends of the season and let me say this if he wouldn't have been put on injured reserve he probably would have made the Pro Bowl this year and yeah. been the only buck to do so yeah but it's just all about the talent that he brings to the organization and how it translates on the field um, but as a talent scout in the draft he's been exceptional he's got some free agent busts aka Chris Baker guys like that but I mean, he's done – I would say he's done just as much good in the free agent market as he has bad because, you know, JPP, Carl Nassib, these guys yeah. were brought in hoping to make a change, and that's exactly what they've done. They've translated very, very well. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. And then he – way back, way back, he also made trades for Logan Mankins. He made a trade for um, JPP. So, yeah, Jason, like, he doesn't make big trades often, um, but th those two – those are probably the two biggest trades he's made, but the ones he has made and kind of these minor moves that he's made have been really valuable to the team. Um, he claimed Carl Nassib this year, which Carl Nassib and JPP have been very good defensive ends, the best, probably the two best defensive ends the Bucks have seen in a few years, I would say. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. We, we have a whole segment on the show where I, I swear to you, we have a segment. We just talk about JPP and Carl Nassib week mm. in and week out because these guys bring something to the table worth talking about right. so you know they've done spectacular i love what they've done right and then you you also have to factor in guys that you know he he not just drafted but also guys that he got from undrafted free agency cameron Brait, adam humphreys peyton barber those were three guys that went completely undrafted jason light picked them up and they've been very good role players for this team would you agree with that Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. They've brought a lot to the table. And then he also was able to re-sign the guys that he's drafted, which is always a good sign for a general manager whenever you re-sign the guys that you draft. Guys like Mike Evans and guys like Ali Marpet. Um, you know, those are two franchise cornerstones right now, regardless of who's going to come in at the coaching staff and 
regardless of what other changes that you have, you know that you can rely on those types of guys for multiple years down the line. Um, right. So all in all, you know, I think he, in terms of personnel moves, I think he does an all right job. But in terms of like a logistical standpoint, it would kind of, you know, somebody proposed to me the idea of, well, wouldn't it just make sense to kind of restart everything? Because let's say it's a situation where Jason Light gets to pick the next head coach. Um, and then the next head coach comes in, but then things don't work out next season. So you get rid of everything. You know, you get rid of Jason Light and Jameis Winston. Well, now the head coach is left out to dry. You know what I mean? So now the right. head coach has to work, try and work with a new general manager and potentially, well, not potentially, a new quarterback as well. It'd be weird, right? So yeah, do you think it would make sense, just as much sense as well, to just kind of clean the front office, say, okay, we're going to, start everything new, we're going to get some people who we're just going to start over at the front office. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say it makes sense. I mean, you can't roll out the option because, you know, a facelift for the organization is is going to have its pros and cons. But at this moment, I'm sure that there is good enough reason to try and go for something like that. But the way that I look at it is I, I just don't fully feel convinced that it's time to clear the slate completely and start from scratch. Because when you look at this team on paper, and I know we've been saying that for years, yeah. but if you look at this team on paper, it is a very, very talented football team that the Bucks have on the field. Mm-hmm. There's only a few issues that need to be fixed drastically. That's the offensive line. I'd say you need some veteran help in the secondary, a.k.a. someone like Landon Collins that you can bring in in the offseason. Um, because Brent Grimes just isn't doing it anymore. Right. Had a bad game today. Yeah. But this team is close. And we quoted Jim Mora on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, the whole playoffs thing. Jim Mora also said that, you know, it's nice to be close, but when you're close, it doesn't really mean anything. But I, I say that on purpose because, like, this team is close, man. Yeah. Give it one more season. Give it one more shot of just trying to put the pieces together because I feel like we're closer to taking the next step than we are to just completely collapsing as a team and having to start over. Like, yeah, you can do that, but I feel like we're not there yet. So I say give it another year. Do you, do you... Let Jason Light stick around another year, not Dirk Cutter. Right. But I, I, see the, I see the dilemma you had brought up about the head coach just kind of being left out to dry, but the way I look at it, Football's a business, and business is business. Sometimes it's not your favorite, you know? Right. Um, and then finally, just to, to talk here on the last note, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, so if Jason Light is in charge of picking a new head coach, which that's probably safe to say that might happen, because my gut instinct is that Jason Light would probably stay and Dirt Cutter would probably end up going. Um, what kind of head coach do you think that Jason Light would tend to target based on what he's chosen with Dirk Cutter because he didn't choose Lovey Smith. He did not choose Lovey Smith. The Glaziers did. Um, So now that we've seen Jason Light with his first head coaching pick in Dirk Cutter, what do you think we should expect from Jason Light picking a new head coach? Do you think that he would go for a big name option or do you think he would go for kind of a guy that he's more um, familiar with or kind of a a more low-end guy that could have greater potential down the line? You know, me and me and Evan have talked about this on the show, and uh, one of the things that we brought up is that the Glazers love the big hire. They just – they do. 
that's why they were parading for John Gruden so bad. And I honestly believe that's the reason Dirk Cutter stuck around another year because the Bucks wanted John Gruden that bad and couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. Now, thank God we were wrong there because we very well could have only won two games this season. Yeah. <laughs> if we had hired John Gruden. Also, let me come out and say that, you know, this time a year ago, I was 100% team Gruden, but me, I am wrong. Me, I'm not scared to. <laughs> me too. Don't worry. I'm not scared to admit when I'm wrong, and I, I, I'm here to admit that I was wrong. But uh, when it comes to, you know, picking that next head coach, I think the big hire is always there. Uh, before the whole thing with John Harbaugh had come out saying that he's not really going to go anywhere, what I had heard from my sources was that Harbaugh was number one on the Buccaneers, you know, head coaching um, list. list. They really wanted to bring him in. Um, the Glazers love the big hire, so... At the moment, I'm, I'm really not sure. Some of the names we've tossed around, Chris Richard, uh, defensive backs coach, Colin Plays for the Dallas Cowboys, who, uh, again, their defense has been lights out, which bringing in a defensive-minded guy, haven't seen that in a little while. Yeah. Um, it, it just it really depends. Do you, do you, you think know? that they would go for a guy like a Mike McCarthy? Because um, I, I know that's a, that's a tough sell, but I know McCarthy's coaching record does speak for itself. Me, personally... I kind of prefer a more defensive-minded guy. My One of my top picks is Vic Fangio, uh, defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. But like you said, big-name hires. Yeah. Uh, do you think they go for Jim Harbaugh? Do you think they go for Mike McCarthy? Because there is a report out there that a team that ha- is sub- expected to have an upcoming coaching change is planning on making a pursuit of Jim Harbaugh. Do you think the Bucks yeah. would go for either one of those guys? I've got a good feeling that the Bucks would be the team to try and go after Jim Harbaugh. I feel pretty confident that it was them you know, formulating a deal to try and make that happen. The way that I look at it regarding Jim Harbaugh is he's just in too good of a situation right now. Mm-hmm. He's right where he wants to be. Um, Michigan is an established, um, you know, it's an established program. He's had success there before. And I, I don't know. I've just got a good feel- mm-hmm. feeling there. It feels more possible that he stays there and let's say John Harbaugh comes to the Bucks, obviously, despite the developments we've had. Um, so, I, I I don't know. I honestly don't have an answer for Jim Harbaugh right now. I just feel like he's in a good situation. Hmm. Um, I just I I don't know if he comes here because it doesn't look super desirable right now for a lot of the guys who I'm sure the Bucks are talking to. Um, but there was another name you had tossed out there, and I had totally forgotten when I started talking about Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um. I, I just read a comment in the live chat. Somebody said, um, was asking the question if anybody wants to come to Tampa. Um, I think a lot of the one would also factor in how much money the Glaciers are giving up. <laughs> you know, um, the, yeah. Gla- the Glaciers last year, I believe the, the offer that was on the table for John Gruden was six years, 60 million, something along those lines. With I- no personnel control. Right. That was the offer that they gave John Gruden. They're willing to give up $10 million a year for a really high-end guy now obviously John Gruden he's like the all-star pick in the Glaciers mind he is he would be the number one guy any year I feel like for the Glaciers right yeah. um obviously not maybe not after this season but the point is, is that um they're willing to throw around a lot of money to get a really high-end coach um especially guys with Super Bowl at a championship game level experience so I could the one um, for these guys, you know, they might not want to go to Tampa as much as these other teams, but it's just like being a free agent for for a player. Um, 
most of the time, you know, in, in some cert certain situations, you're going to go to the team that offers you the most money just for financial security reasons. Um, so I think that could factor yeah. in a that I think that could factor in a big part of it. Um, I have seen that Jim Harbaugh is very comfortable in. I have seen that Jim Harbaugh is very comfortable in um, Michigan. Michigan, right? So <laughs> that that one's definitely up for uh, re remains to be debated and whatnot. But definitely Mike McCarthy, I think, is going to get an interview for sure. Um, yeah. I do want to say, Rhett, uh, people in the chat are saying, what's up? So Keith and everybody else who has said hi, I know I've forgotten. Um, Bucko's Locker is saying what's up as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen him um, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bucko's Locker says hello. Hello to Bucko's Locker and everybody who's watching from over there. Thank you. It's greatly appreciated. Um, last last thing I want to talk about here, Rhett, um, regarding Jason Light and whatnot. Do you think that he's going to have a really big hand in picking this next head coach after the whole dirt cutter situation do you, or do you feel that it's going to be mainly controlled by the glaziers because mm. i i could kind of feel that you know there might be a little bit of a lacking trust jason light might be on a bit of a short leash regardless of the good moves he's made um right the biggest move the biggest blunder head coach he it's safe to say they did not make the best decision on that one um do you think he's going to be involved more or less in this um new head coaching decision you know, question, and I, I can't say that's something I've thought about too too often, um, mm -hmm. but I can say it is kind of a slippery slope. I can see exactly what you mean when you say that you know they may not trust. Him. Of course, you have to think about the dilemma that you had brought up earlier: is if you have Jason Light handpick a new guy to come in, he doesn't last another year, and then he's gone. You leave that head coach stranded in the water. Um, I, I feel like the Glazers are gonna maybe take some control uh try and scope out uh, of course as we brought up the big hire um i think that's who they're looking for mm -hmm. so if i had to give you an answer i think it's going to be the glazers ultimately making uh the final decision in what can be a very very long head coach scouting next couple of weeks yeah it, it could definitely it could definitely be you know a long search but, i know they've already started gathering information on coaches but who knows right yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do think that obviously the Glaciers are going to get somebody who has good chemistry with Jason Light as well because that just makes sense, you know? And uh, there was someone that I wanted to bring up because, you know, I wouldn't say it's very likely. Mm -hmm. I'd say there is a chance, but we brought it up on uh, the Cannon Fire podcast a couple of weeks ago. And for me, it's really just let me dream, okay? But uh, somebody who has talked about coming out of retirement to take another coaching job in Cleveland is Bruce Arians. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring him up is because I think it'd be a perfect fit in Tampa. He's looking to do some work in Cleveland. He can come to Tampa, build up on a team that I would say is just not a little bit more talented. And he has connections with Jason Light. You know, him mm -hmm. and Jason Light are pretty close. Mm -hmm. So it's just bringing in someone like that. Um, again, a defensive-minded guy. You know, and Bruce Arians, he's a great coach. And do I think he's going to come out of retirement and coach the Bucks? Probably not, but I really wish he would. And I just, I wanted to toss that name in there and see what anyone thinks about that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that does, that, if, if anything, that's the perfect fit. 
Um, Bruce Arians has not been afraid to show his open support of Jameis Winston in the past. I know that's a lot of things that um, people turn to. Oh, he likes Jameis Winston. He's worked with Jason Light before. <laughs> they, they've worked together back in Arizona, I believe, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's how they built that relationship. Right, so that's the thing. Um, you know, if you, if you throw enough money, Bruce Arians, he's, you know, he, he's one of the top guys out there. You know, um, I don't think he's necessarily as high up there as a Jim Harbaugh, but I would maybe put him right around the same area as Mike McCarthy, maybe even higher than Mike McCarthy. Um, the big thing is just him coming out of retirement. You throw him enough money and you, you know, Jason Light, J you know, James Winston, you have a lot to those two things alone could lure Bruce Arians out. He does have health problems, which, you know, that's an uncontrollable situation um, in certain ways. Um, yeah between that would be a really big factor as well if he's healthy though i think the bucks would definitely give him a phone call you know because it would just fit so perfectly um but that's the big thing is having him come out of retirement he's come out and openly said i only want to come back and coach cleveland um if they you know that would be the only team i would consider but you never know that could be a smoke screen by bruce arians who knows um I don't know why he'd put up a smoke stream, yeah. but hey, whatever. Let hey, let me dream too, right? We're on the same <laughs> we're on the same page here, man. Um, exactly. I mean, what have you got to lose? It's it's week sixteen, coming into the last game of the season. You can dream. I'm seeing a lot of people say that Arians is not a, a proven winner. Um, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true, but um, didn't he um, did was he the one who took the Cardinals to the Super Bowl versus the Steelers? Was that him or no? That was him. All right, <laughs> just just <laughs> just making sure. Um, so, Rhett, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up now because I do know you have other things you have to go do. Um, I want to say thank you for joining me, talking about all these things. We covered a lot in the time that we had. By the way, I, that was that was good. That was good, man. Oh, yeah, um, yeah but, we did. It was it was nice and productive. I had a really good time. That was absolutely good. I want to say thank you to everybody in the chat. By the way. Um, Seriously, thank you guys a lot. Keith Sanders says, um, Kinnafire Podcast, you got a new subscriber. I'll be watching your channel, too. So there's Wise and Hunt. People are pissed at me. <laughs> oh, it was Wise and Hunt? Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Abort. Abort. Okay. Yeah, no, really. We never had that part of the conversation. Let me let me formally apologize for that one. That was just me talking out of my ass. And <laughs> uh, I do apologize. So anyway, um, Keith, San Keith Saunders says that... Um, you got a new subscriber to the channel there, Rhett, so there you go. Um, but again, want to want to thank you. Everybody, if you're watching this, go check out the Cannon Fire podcast. They're on iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I also linked down Rhett's personal Twitter if you want to go check that out as well. It's wonderful stuff. It, it really is. Um, it's a very, high, very highly produced show. They have wonderful opinions, and it's great. You guys should definitely go check it out. Um, Rep, before we go ahead and leave here, do you have any final words on either the Bucks game, the Jason Light situation, the Dirt Cutter situation, or just anything, anything in general? Um, no, man. I think we, I think we covered all the bases. Like you said, we really got a lot out on the table regarding Jason Light, uh, the status of the Buccaneers right now. Uh, but listen, let me say this. You know, as angry as we can be about this team right now, one thing we have to realize is that a week from today, it's going to be the last time that we can watch them play for eight whole months. Mm. So regardless of the feelings you have about Jameis Winston, regardless of the feelings you have about Dirk Cutter, regardless of the feelings you have about Jason Light and where they are right now, let's just all come together as Bucks fans. Let's watch this game next week. Let's hope they win and they can finish third in the NFC South and not dead last. <laughs> that's <laughs> like it's been the last few years. That's um, true. 
let's just come together. Let's enjoy this game and uh, and go Bucks. There we go, go Bucks. Um, and this will be the last thing I post before Christmas. So I want to say to everyone, Merry Christmas, Rhett, to you, Merry Christmas. Um, if you yeah, celebrate Merry Christmas, it, man. If if you don't celebrate Christmas, Happy Holidays and all that fun stuff. Um, not only do we have Christmas coming up in two days, we also have the New Year coming up, so 2019. Big things for everybody involved, Buccaneers, Buccaneers content creators. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, Rhett, again, thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate that. I want to have you on again soon. Um, for sure, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. And for everybody watching this live stream, I want to point something out. Thank you for complimenting the jacket, everybody in the chat. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm adding a jacket to my wardrobe. Um, but until the next video or the next live stream that I post here, guys, um, goodbye for now. And as always, guys, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.